My next guest is a reporter for the NFL Network. and welcome on, Mr. Cam Wolf. Cam, is everything going for you? It's going awesome, man. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Washington's winning, even though they're killing their draft stock. But your Dolphins, your Dolphins are doing phenomenal. Five in a row. What's going on in South Beach? Yeah, the Dolphins are probably having a similar run as Washington, right? A lot of people thought both teams were done. And uh, they're both kind of letting you know, hey, we're not out of it just quite yet. Um, we talked about it before we hopped on, but it, it, the shift happened right after the trade deadline. November 1st, uh, November 2nd was a trade deadline. Ever since that game, they've been 4-0. Uh, Tua is playing some of his best ball. Their defense is getting back uh, to what they were in 2020, a very blitz-heavy, blitz heavy, man-heavy, aggressive defense. So, you know, they also got a little bit of a good – break as far as the schedule they played teams that that weren't very good but we're seeing a team that we thought we would see at the early point in the season and you know who knows they got a chance they keep it going to make it interesting uh going into the final weeks of the season well i think it was the turning point when robert hunt had the craziest play of the season thus far <laughs> yeah yeah that was the what uh thursday night football i was actually at that game i, I haven't done many dolphins games yeah. for nfl network because they haven't been good this year uh, but i was at that game and you know, there wasn't much going on in that game that was interesting. And all of a sudden, Rob Hunt goes and grabs a pass that wasn't intended for him and, and oh. becomes the, the the jealous glore of every offensive lineman uh, in the end zone. So that was definitely a turning point. It brought energy into that team and yeah. the winning has followed, too. You know, possibly the play of the year thus far. Um, but yeah, but with with what with, and Waddle's getting rolling, I'm pretty sure. Is he second? Is, is he second in the league in catches? Oh, yeah, going into the uh, last or uh, Sunday night game, I think Tariq Hill may have passed him, so he may be third, but he's tied for third of all receivers. Only uh, Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill have more catches than him in the whole league. So, you know, the Dolphins haven't fully used his skill set the way it should as far as the speed, as far as the deep threat, but he's completely been their go-to receiver. And, uh, you know, I think he's been, you know, really all the rookies in their class, but him in particularly has been one of the biggest bright spots for this Dolphins team. It's, it's taking no time for him to really become the guy they thought he was when he's drafted. And if I, if I can share a quick story, sure. um, I was talking to their offensive coordinator uh, and play caller, George Godsey, last week, and he said early on in the draft, or right after they draft him, they sat him down and had a conversation, and they were like, hey, we're not going to, you know, we're going to be real with you. We're not, we're not putting this thing slowly for you. Um, a lot of times you hear rookies, Hey, we're going to make it slow. We're going to give you one task to sign. No, we drafted you number six overall pick. We're going to put a lot on your plate. It's going to be all gas, no breaks. And he said, let's do it. We're ready for it. And it, it, we've seen it on the field. You know, they've used them out of the slot. They used them at receiver. They, they've used them as a, a underneath route, a deep route. So he's been every single position uh, for them, mostly because of injuries. Will Fuller and Devontae Parker have missed large portions of the season. So they definitely have to be happy with their contributions they're getting uh, from Jalen Waddle. No, yeah, he's been, he's been incredible. And him and does Gesicki, is it in his contract? He's only allowed to make insane catches. Is that a thing? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it's contract year for him. That means one handed. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. All right. It's my little one. Uh, she's over here trying to get into see what trouble she can get into. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, Mike Gesicki. All he does is make one handed grabs. You know, we we joke with him in in the uh, in the media room when I'm around there, and he said he literally practices those one handed grabs each with each hand, you know, left and right. He's like, I can't give the, the right more than the left, you know? So he, 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 I think he loves the attention that comes with the one handed grabs. And uh, luckily for him, he's made them. 
because I think if he was missing a lot of one-handed grabs, coaches would be like, hey, let's use two hands, dog. But <laughs> he's he's been a, a big weapon for them throughout the year, and I, I know Tua loves him. So that's a guy the Dolphins definitely want to invest in and pay, um, you know, when the offseason comes along. I wonder if the one hundred grams came came about at at Penn State when he was kind of in Saquon shadow and he's like I got I got to do something because I went to I saw I saw him live uh, Maryland hosted uh, Penn State the the year Saquon was was tearing it up and we went to the game and Saquon didn't do anything in the first half and this no name tight end had two touchdowns was killing Maryland and I'm like who right. is this guy and now he's doing it in the NFL do you think yeah. contract here is he is he one of their priority guys you expect him to return do you think he might hit the open market. Yeah, you know, he's got to practice of trying to get out of uh, other people's shadow. Um, <laughs> I think I think that he will be a priority guy for it. them. It, what's interesting is that he had a lot of comparisons with Dallas Goddard um, coming out of draft because he, Goddard was picked uh, within a few picks of him. And for most of his career, Goddard was the better player. So he was kind of in that shadow. And over the last year or two, we've seen Gasicki kind of elevate to, you know, a top 10 tight end. So um, what was interesting about the tight end position is different uh, teams value it differently. So you're seeing teams that really value it, spend a lot of money. The Patriots went and paid Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. Eagles obviously played Goddard. So tight end salaries are getting very, very high. So the Dolphins have to ask themselves, hey, can we, are we willing to invest, you know, probably, you know, 12, 13, 14, $15 million a year in, in, a, in a tight end position. Um, so I don't know what their philosophy is in that, but I do think that he's a guy that they should invest in because of what he means to the offense, what he means to the team, and really just his personality. Like when Tua was going through all what he's gone through the last year, Mike Gesicki was his number one support. He'd come up saying, you know, you guys are not being fair to Tua. You know, this is why I believe in him. When, and when it seemed like nobody was on the Tua train, yeah. Mike Gesicki was on the Tua train. So I think for all of those reasons, you know, he's the type of guy you want to invest in um, offensively. So I think it would really, really hurt if they let him hit free agency and somebody else grabbed him. Earlier in the year, were you surprised they were struggling so much? Because you got to go like Brian Flores is a great coach. Were you surprised? Did you know they were turning the tide soon? No, no, I was definitely surprised um, because this is a team. If you remember last year, they went 10 and six and it was really a surprise 10 and six. They weren't that talented last year. So uh, you, you see a team and you're like, hey, the natural progression is, you know, they, they're even better. They made the playoffs and we all came in thinking, hey, playoffs is the expectation. And then you start one and seven and it's like, who's getting fired? That's a nice conversation. So I definitely think that uh, it, it was a surprise. Um, they thought they were closer um, to, to contention than they were. Um, and, you know, they really struggled early in the year. Tua got hurt, obviously, a couple times. Um, really, biggest shocker for me was that defense. That was a group that was a top five, top ten group, and they were just getting beat up. You know, teams were throwing on them, teams were running on them. Uh, so I, I think they just had to get back to who they were identity-wise. And what's interesting, whether we talk about teams or whether we talk about quarterbacks, um, one thing that I've learned is that growth isn't linear. We all think that growth is like, hey, you go on a straight line. Like you're, you're better this year. You're better. You're better. Sometimes it's you zigzag. And for them, they had to take a step back. And, you know, maybe some people getting humbled on you're not as good as maybe you thought you were. And, and, and you know, you got to hit rock bottom before you get there. So I think right now with their backs against the wall, they're playing their best football. They're probably wishing they did it earlier, not losing to the Jags, not losing to the Texans. You have a little bit of margin, margin of error uh, going into this stretch. But, um, yeah, something about these Brian Flores teams, second half of the season, they always have been better than the first half. And then another one of their standout rookies, maybe is not as getting as much as much attention as, as Jalen Waddle is Javon Holland. When when they picked him up, did you knew they really liked him? Could you see early on this guy's going to be some a difference maker? 
Oh, they loved him, man. Um, it's crazy because Dolphins fans, and myself included, really wanted them to get a running back, right? Because they've been waiting year after year. It's like, you know, Miles Gaskin had been the guy. And, you know, Laird, through, Laird, Patrick Laird. Laird, Patrick Laird. And they go through more running backs than anybody. You know, they're, it's like a waiver wire, like a fantasy football waiver wire Dolphins backfield. So people were bummed they didn't get Najee Harris. And then Javante Williams was there and the Broncos jumped them. So there was just like a, a lot of negative attention. But I remember hopping on or, or uh, hopping on the Zoom when Brian Flores came on after Javon Holland. He just had a wide smile on his face. He was pumped. Like, this is a guy they loved. And what's interesting to me is their DB coach, Gerald Alexander, who I think is actually going to be a budding star in this league. I think he's a eventual head coach. Um, he tried to recruit Javon Holland when he was at Kyle as a coach. He couldn't get him. And he went to Oregon and balled out. So they loved this guy. They loved his tape. They viewed him as a guy who could be a leader of that defense. And Flores used to be a safeties coach. So he really identifies safeties and, and, and you know, has a mindset of what he wants in them. And if you remember a couple of years ago, Minka Fitzpatrick thing happened and they had to trade him away. And so Minka Fitzpatrick just turned into one of the best safeties in the league. And that has shown to be a mistake. So they were desperately needing to find their next Minka, quote unquote. And Javon Holland was doing a lot of the things that they wanted Minka to do here as far as blitzing, as far as being the leader in the back end, making interceptions. I think that he's been one of the best defensive rookies. Like Micah Parsons is going to run away with the award. Of course. But, but Javon Holland has been easily one of the best uh, defensive rookies this year. And he really that whole draft class, him, Jalen Phillips, uh, Jalen Waddle, all three of those guys have, have been everything they could ask for and more. Do you think there's a chance Micah Parsons could win defensive player of the year? Obviously only Lawrence Taylor is the only player to have ever won it as a rookie. Do you think, do you think Parsons could, could, could catch up? Yeah. I mean, definitely a chance. I mean, he's facing TJ Watt, who I believe has like 15 or 16 sacks. Yeah. At this and he missed two so games. He, huh? And yeah, he missed yeah. two games. Yeah, and he missed two games. So, yeah, he, he's going to be hard to beat. But Michael Parsons, the way they've used him, like, I don't know any other rookie who could be used and be just as good as an edge rusher as you are as a stand-up linebacker in the middle. He's He's been an excellent pick for them. So, I think he runs away defensive rookie of the year. But, yeah, you got you got to talk about him in that regular defensive player of the year conversation. I think it was one of the Bosa's. Uh, two or three years ago when they came on the scene, they had like a similar year as a rookie where they just took over. Uh, but yeah, Michael Parsons, like, you know, you look at his teammate, uh, Trayvon Diggs, you look at TJ Watt and Michael Parsons. To me, those are the three guys who, who have to be at the center of that, that defensive player of the year conversation. And I want to ask you one of the teams you used to cover, the Titans. Um, obviously, the injury, the injury bug has hit them probably harder in, or in terms of their impact players than any other team in football. Julio Jones has been in and out. A.J. Brown's on IR. Derrick Henry, don't know if he's going to come back. But they're sort of holding it together a little bit. I know they had a bye last week. Um, do you think they can hold it together potentially for an A.J. Brown return and maybe even a Derrick Henry return? Yeah, I, I think so. Well, the one thing that really helps the Titans is they already have played and beat the Colts twice, and that's the second-place team in their division. So it would be hard-pressed for them to get caught in their division um, even though the Colts, you know, the Colts are still in the playoff hunt. I just don't, I think they can hold on. You know, um, the question for them is they were well headed into a first round bye and home field advantage situation. And now that's kind of dwindling because, you know, it's going to be hard pressed for them to do that now. Cause I don't think Derek comes back in the regular season. They're still holding out hope for the playoffs for him. They should get Julio Jones back this week or next week, AJ Brown, maybe a week or two away. So they're starting to get 
some of their pieces back. Um, but we've seen them the last couple of weeks without all three of those guys. And this team is not a playoff team without those three. So you're, you're looking at a situation where um, they could be going into week 16, 17, 18, needing to win just to hold on to make sure that they make it in. And, and then, if, you know, week one of the playoffs as a team, if they're, they don't have Derrick Henry, that's going to be hard sledding for them to win a playoff game. So I love that Titans team before the injury to Derrick. I thought they were uh, a sneaky team to, to, to be a Super Bowl team, maybe, maybe win the whole thing, just the way they were built the way, uh, you know, the Mike Vrabel style of it and their defense was playing better. But without those guys, um, it's a completely different team. Yeah. And before, before I let you go, I want to ask you, um, who, who's the best team in the AFC? Do you think it's New England? Ah, it, man, it's hard to take. So last night's game, right? I was waiting to see that because I thought it was going to give you a great view of the, the landscape. But I learned nothing from that win bowl. So the Patriots won, but I still take have the under. That's what I learned. Take the under when that's what's going on. <laughs> right, right. But I still have some doubts about them when it comes down to it, repping the AFC. So for me, I still think that through all their issues, the Chiefs are still the team to beat out there. Um, they're starting to come a little bit better offensively in the recent weeks and really defense early in the season. They were terrible, terrible on defense. And now you're seeing that defense become, you know, le really leading the team. So something about Patrick Mahomes, I feel like we're going to get it together. That would still be the team to me uh, to beat in the AFC. In NFC, who do you, who do you like? So that's a three-headed horse with Tampa, Green Bay, Arizona. Um, I think that I've watched that Tampa team uh, this past week. I, I was out that out at that game in Tampa, and to me, again, it, it, Brady, that team, the weapons they have, they're playing pretty good defensively. Once they get healthy, I still think that Tampa's the team to beat in the NFC. Even with that, the issues in the secondary, you think they can? They so even with the issues in the secondary, because I think what helps them is they last week or this past week was the first week since week one. They've had all three starting corners back. So they've kind of learned how to play with without them and with depth issues, um, you know, kind of learning to play with their depth guys. So they have kind of learned that and they're going to get some of those guys back fully back and. Ultimately, I think they'll be okay. That defensive front, particularly Vita Bea and Dominican Sue, nobody runs on them. Um, and, and, you know, you've got pass rushers like, you know, JPP and, and, and Shaq Barrett on the outside. To me, you win in December with your defensive line, and, and they've got one of the best defensive lines of football, offensive lines too. So, to me, them and Green Bay are neck and neck. I still give the edge to Tampa when it comes down to it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. Who, who's your surprise team that doesn't make it to the playoffs? Say, say what's up? Who's your surprise team that doesn't make the playoffs? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so right now, Buffalo's in got, seventh. Buffalo's in what? seventh. Buffalo's right on the edge of the wild card. Buffalo, right Buffalo the seventh. I still think they make it. I still think they make it. Um, I mean, the NFC is wide open because everybody is in that playoff. Everybody's in that playoff picture right now. Um, I'm trying to think. In the AFC playoff picture, Titans, man, they have to really make sure they finish throughout the year strong um, because, you know, though, though they have that big lead over the Colts, they can't take their foot off the pedal. Um, the Steelers, the Steelers are a team that are currently in the mix. 
I, I'm not a believer. I mean, I, I saw the Ravens um, lose to them the other night. That's a team that I think I don't think they make the playoffs. The Steelers, um, even through that, and and the Ravens, honestly, they've been a team that's really, really struggled. They are eight and four, so it might be hard pressed for them to completely lose that lead. But they they lost Marlon Humphrey for the year. Um, Lamar Jackson has looked broken since that Miami game, and that could be a team if you're looking for surprise. You know, if the Steelers aren't that big of a surprise, I could see the Ravens kind of falling out and maybe needing needing to win that final week to get in so um the Steelers and the Ravens are probably the two teams in the north that I'm watching that I could see missing the playoffs that Robert Hunt touchdown freaky Friday the Dolphins and the Ravens because ever since yeah, then yeah all, the, all of a sudden bad turns good yeah good turns bad yeah he turned it's upside like, down and the teams just swapped it's yeah. wild yeah, no, yeah I think you're on the money with that <laughs> yeah no that's wild it's wild but I do appreciate you taking the time how can people follow you on social media and keep up with you on NFL Network Absolutely, man. Uh, at Cameron Wolf with the E at the end of the wolf. Can't forget the E. Um, so that's that's on Twitter. That's on uh, Instagram uh, and, and uh, Facebook as well. And yeah, I'm, I'm usually on NFL Network a couple times a week uh, for games on Sunday. Uh, we have game day morning where I'll be at some game pretty much every week uh, talking football. So yeah, tune in, tap in and uh, yeah. Who, who you got this week? I'm actually off this week. I got a oh. rare week off, so uh, I'm gonna catch up, watch uh, watch Sunday football, grab me a, a beer or two, and just just chill out. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll take advantage of that for sure. We got some good ones this week, and then we got Tampa, Tampa and the on Buffalo. We got uh, San Fran and Cincy. That yeah. uh, sun, Sunday night game. I don't know why. I don't know why the Bears are still even on national <laughs> national television, let alone television in the United States. And then Monday yeah. we got uh, Cards Rams. So we got a good. Yeah, that'll be weekend. a really good one in Arizona. Yep. Yeah, definitely, sure. definitely. But do appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, Zach. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, man.